You know us as Sunday Scaries, but the Chiefs possibly got a scare. Is Travis Kelsey, a.k.a. Taylor Swift's boyfriend, okay? And will he miss any time from their duel up in Minnesota? Another week, another game in London. We've got Jags and the Bills. Can the Prince Trevor Lawrence bring the Jags to the heights that the Bills and Josh Allen have tasted over the last few seasons? And speaking of heights, the Niners hit that magical 5-0 mark. How much of a fight did the Cowboys put up or was the star a bit diminished in the Bay Area? Speaking of 5-0, your Philadelphia Eagles haven't tasted defeat yet this year. But you got Matt Stafford and the Rams looking to put a little blemish on that Philly shine. All that and more on Sunday Scaries with Bucks McGee as we wrap up the action of Week 5. Week 5. Welcome back to Sunday Scaries with yours truly, Bucks McGee, and my number one guy, Nutmeg to Palmetto, where we will sit and go over the incredible, incredible week that was. Sir, how are you feeling today? Oh, jeez, here we go again. Is there ever a smell so sweeter than that of a victory Monday, my friend? (laughs) No, no, there's not. I will give you that. Victory Monday. You know, I I also enjoy victory by Monday as well. But no, sir. You know, you do. I will give you your credit where it deserves. At a slight cost. Yeah. Yeah. My my currently tied for first in the AFC South Indianapolis Colts. And uh there was a little bit of a bang up uh reaction to this because apparently Anthony Richardson is just made of glass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really glad they got Jonathan Taylor's contract finally done and he's back. He's on a little bit of a pitch count to start the season, but Zach Moss mm-hmm. is still shows that he could be a bell cow too. And fortunately, Uncle Rico is a very worthy uh, game manager and backup until they figure out how best to keep Anthony Richardson off the injured reserve. <laughs> oh, man. You know, honestly, I think you're right with Uncle Rico. Because let's be honest here. Like you said, AR, looking like some glass right there. Uh, it's a shoulder injury, you know. It's, you know, something you don't want to mess with. So I think you let you rest them. Let Uncle Rico do what he does. He's been solid. He honestly has. I can't can't fault him. And you know, ride him for a couple weeks and let's see what happens. You know, it's you got to keep AR upright. Got to make sure that shoulder is good. So, like you said, a little walking wounded action. But Uncle Rico, let him be the man. The only the only thing the only like question mark I really have with his health status as far as how he plays is the fact mm-hmm. that when he's in there, like today, like the way this game actually started off, he actually was getting a lot of passes in, but up to this point, he's just been running a lot when he's in the game. And then when, when uh, uncle Rico has been called on to play, then all of a sudden Steichen starts to call a little more play, uh, more, more passes and out of the playbook. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost wondering like, it's, is he kind of, 
handling Richardson with kid gloves because he's not confident in his accuracy. And maybe he just needs to let the kid sink or swim and learn how to throw an accurate pass because the more he runs, the more he bangs his body around. He, he's just going to break every – he's going to break every game. That's it's true, you know. Maybe it's a situation where you say, you know what, I need you to sit in the pocket. I need you to throw it. we got to see what we've got here. Throw it. Let's see what happens. Flip side is he could still be in that mindset, you know, I've got to run because I don't know what my running back situation is. He should, be, he should feel confident now, you know. You got Taylor for three years. He should be full full load next week, so he shouldn't have any issues with that. And just trust your arm and let's see what you got. Because if he continues this route, he's not going to last long. There's going to be a really serious injury on the horizon. So you got to tell the kid, throw the ball. Don't run unless we're telling you to. And now you really don't even have to run because yeah. you got, you know, your franchise back behind you. Just let's throw the ball. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, as I said, we are tied for first. The team we are tied with is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They kicked off Sunday's action out in London against the Bills. And you know what? We're going to be at the game next week. And whether whether it's AR, whether it's Uncle Rico, I'm feel I am feeling a little bit confident because Jacksonville, despite the win today, they tried to hand this game to Buffalo multiple times with all, all the fumbles and whatnot. And so what what's your take on Jacksonville? Are they kind of fool's gold with this with with this win over Buffalo? Or are they legitimate and Buffalo just is Buffalo? <laughs> I don't I don't know what you get with Jacksonville. It's almost Jekyll and Hyde esque. Yeah. You know, today, like you said, they try to hand the game back to Buffalo. You know, the end of the game where you know, Allen, you know, led those two drives where literally went down the field in a matter of seconds was ridiculous. I don't know if it was just blown coverages or there's some disconnect there defensively. But you know, you win the games you win and they gutted it out, so I give Jacksonville credit. They gutted the game out. Uh, there was one point before all the injuries that Buffalo got hit with that looked like the game was starting to turn in Buffalo's favor, and the injuries hit, and then it just looked like Jacksonville was just saying, here, we don't want it, here, it's yours, but they gutted it out, got the win. Next week's game is going to be interesting because we don't know. I'm thinking, honestly, it's going to be Uncle Rico. I think you got to let the kid rest the shoulder. So I am going under the assumption that it's Uncle Rico. Yeah. So so at that point, I think Jacksonville can't sit there and say, well, you know, it's Uncle Rico. We can, you know, just we don't have to worry about it. They need to come into that game with even more intensity than they did this week and make sure that they handle business. A divisional game you can't really mess around You're starting to get to that point in the season now where losses are counting a little more than the first quarter of the season so it'll be interesting but yeah i think right now jacksonville is is jekyll and hyde and jacksonville was where uncle rico became uncle rico so you don't think he, i mean if, if you don't think he's gonna walk in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder if he's a starting quarterback you know, I, I, I've got some waterfront property in Arizona to sell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no doubt he's going to come in there with a little little extra step. 
little extra, you know, juice in the step, wanting to show Jacksonville, you know, you gave up on me and, you know, I'm here to make sure that, you know, you guys don't improve and you guys aren't going to win at our expense. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I think Uncle Rico will be a little juiced for this one. How uh, How is Buffalo going to lick their chops coming out of this one? Because they just came off that huge win over Miami. Miami won today. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, it was certainly completely expected uh, playing the Giants, but Miami keeps winning. The Jets actually got a win today. We'll get into that later. Um, we could kind of forget about the Patriots, but <laughs> the uh, but yeah. um, what's what's Buffalo coming out of this licking their chops, licking their chops, trying to readjust and figure out what to do? Is it just kind of like a bad luck type of thing, or they have some issues? Well, the situation is the injuries, you know, Milano. Don't know the severity yet. Um, he's really a key part of that defense. Uh, Von Miller really wasn't a factor today either. So I don't know. Right now, I think Buffalo comes back home, you know, sits there and kind of figures out the injury bug, see what's happened, see who's going to be healthy, you know, next man up at those positions. And just next game. Like, you can't sit there and really think about it. You hear quarterbacks, you know, and teams in the NFL say, you know, once we lose a game, got to move on to the next game, and that's that's where it is at this point. Yeah. Yeah, they probably should have won this game the way they came back. They should have won it, but now it's, all right, let's move on. We've got, you know, other fish to fry in theory and just go and do our thing. But, yeah, I think this one kind of hurt. You know, they came back strong at the end, but kind of goes to show in the league too. You can't, you know, fall too far back and hope that you can flip a switch on and, you know, pull out a victory like that. So it's going to be tough for Buffalo. I'm interested to see how they bounce back. Other fish to fry. Very clever pun with the uh, their rival being the Dolphins this year. <laughs> At this point, that's who they're chasing in the division, you know. So yeah, they got to figure out that fish fry. Yeah, and that you know what that that the tiebreaker doesn't doesn't work too well if you uh if you're losing other teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the other the other showdown this week was the one that capped off Sunday, and that turned out to be a little bit of a disaster. Speaking of fried fish, I think Death Prescott is going to feel quite fried when he turns on his Xbox and all the little teenagers are pick are uh, picking fun at him this week. <laughs> Wow, yeah. Uh this this game is this game's bad. Which is just bad. I don't there's nothing I don't think Dallas takes anything from this game. Uh San Fran just handled business, let's be realistic. Purdy came in, did his thing, looked clean. That offense offense was moving really well. And that defense fast, hitting hard. Dak and his picks. Really, like what else is there? There's really nothing to this game. San Fran showed Dallas that you're not ready for you're not ready for us yet. You're not ready for the big time. You're not one of the elite yet. Yeah. You know, you've got some work to do and you got to figure it out. And Dallas really needs to figure this out really quick. Yeah. Because let's be honest, you know, right now you're looking up at Philly in the, in the standings. You're dropping back a little bit, so you're almost eye to eye. You're pretty much eye to eye with the Lions. Yeah. If you're talking seeding, even though it's really early, but 
at this point, you're starting to kind of look to see where you fall with, you know, your contemporaries in the NFC. You're nowhere near the two elite spots being Philly and the Niners. So there's some questions here. The run game is the issue here, too. I think the run game is a real problem. Yeah, Pollard was almost non-existent Sunday night. Um, the, do you think Niners played an extremely efficient ball game? Uh, do you think that this is more the Niners are this legit team? This is everything we expected them to be, or do you think it's more Dallas is overrated and the Niners took care of business against an inferior opponent? Could be a little bit of both. I think the Niners played maybe their best game of the season. Yeah. You know, we talked about who they've played so far, and we were like, mm, well, you know, this could be the game for either one of these teams to kind of show what what they have. And the Niners didn't flinch. The Niners said, all right, let's do this. They came prepared. And Dallas, I don't <laughs> know, maybe, maybe Dallas kind of felt that they, that, you know, kind of, but they were better than they were because in this game, there's really not one thing where I can look at this game and say, yeah, man, Dallas was show was showing me. They were good. They were showing me something. Even, no. even, even to the point where Cooper rush now gets some love at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping at some point they were going to speed that process up and maybe I could get a little Trey Lance action. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see if maybe they'd sprinkle in some tray, you know? So, I but. I feel like the Cowboys being what they are, as soon as there's either a blowout or, or poor play from back and Trey comes in, that is going to mm-hmm. light the media circus on fire for the next week. And, you <laughs> so know, that maybe might be they a don't, Maybe they just want to avoid that. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Maybe they're like, you know what? Let's not bring him in. Let's kind of let Cooper handle this. Let him, you know, mop up duty. Because you're right. Once, once Trey takes a snap, it's going to be, oh, is the clock ticking? Yeah. Is this is this is this the heir apparent? Yeah. But yeah, the Niners just hand, the Niners handled business. The Niners, to me, right now, if you're going to ask me tonight. They feel like the best team in the NFC right now. I believe they've played the most complete game. Yeah. Complete season thus far. But Dallas really needs to look at themselves and figure it out quick because it's not going to get easier. And it most definitely does it because next week they have a Monday nighter at L.A. with the Chargers. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, you basically you show up on Monday, you get back. You show you, know, you look at the film. You say, "Okay, we were horrible. We sucked. Let's move on." Because yeah. <laughs> there's nothing you're taking from this film. Nothing. No. no. <laughs> um, speaking of things to take out of film, there are a, a couple of very elite performances today that we should tip our hat to. One of them mm-hmm. was out. One of them was out of this game. George Kittle, uh, awake, awakened from the dead found the end zone three times and there was another three touchdown performance from Jamar Chase out in the desert. Which one of these three tutty hat tricks? Oh, that's a little redundant. Which one of these tutty hat tricks was more impressive? I'm going to go with Kittle because you expect it from Chase. Let's be realistic. You know, 
he's been saying all, all year, I'm, I'm open, you know, here I am, throw me the ball. I expect that kind of performance from him. Kittle, I think the last couple of years, you know, with the injuries and such, he's still he's still a top top five tight end, no doubt. But we've kind of I think kind of forgotten what he brings to an offense because he's a he's a great blocker and stuff like that. So I think to see him get his three touchdowns was really cool. You know, it was I, I like George Kittle. I think he just he has this personality. I think that's infectious and really carries that team. So it was good to see him, you know, healthy, moving well, you know, running his routes, you know, doing his thing, you know. So three touchdowns. I'm I'm gonna give it to George. Okay. Um, of course, the uh, other side to Jamar Chase's big performance was that Joe Burrow finally showed up this week. It didn't look like the calf really bothered him at all, uh, for once. So now, mm-hmm. it, now, now with uh this division shaping up the way it is. Pittsburgh beat Baltimore. They're both three and two. Cleveland was on a bye. They're still sitting at two and two. And now Cincinnati is creeping back in the mix at two and three. Not looking so uh, off base from from the rest of the division pace. Who do you who do you handicap now in this division as far as the favorite? Because they've all got issues, but they've all shown good flashes. There is no one. I can't pick. <laughs> I can't. Let's be realistic. Like you said, each of these teams has serious flaws. Bengals, Joe's calf. Okay, Joe had a good game today. I'll give him that. Is he healthy? Maybe he just woke up and it felt good. Maybe right now he's icing the hell out of that thing, and it's and he's going to wake up tomorrow and just be like, this thing is seems horrible. It sucks. It hurts. I don't know. But yeah, you know, Bengals finally put up that game that we that we expected right off the bat, right off the rip. Um, then you're talking Steelers and Ravens, right? That's what we're, we're talking here. And I don't know what those teams are. No, wait a minute. Let me take that back. The Ravens are the same Ravens as last year, except Jackson's not hurt. You know, this is what they were two years ago. He runs around, scores his touchdowns, carries this offense. They can't move the ball. And their defense somehow ekes them out a win. In this situation, though, somehow the Steelers pull it off. Like, unbelievable. Got to give the Steelers credit, you know. You, you, play, you play to the final whistle and your opportunities come up and there it is. So, I, I right now, there isn't, there isn't a clear favorite right now. It's going to be someone who catches catches fire. I think probably towards the end of the year and it carries over. I can't pick anybody. Yeah. Let's, let's deep dive on that game a little bit. Cause Baltimore, Baltimore had a lead in this game for the vast majority of, of the, of the game's progression. And then mm-hmm. they just fell apart. They gave up a safety, uh, the, uh, they, uh, safety on their field goal. Something I forgot exactly the scoring progression of the game, but then they completely collapsed and let Kenny Pickett lob one downfield and George Pickens takes it to the house. Uh, mm-hmm. So <laughs> what now? I mean, you talk about soul searching with Baltimore, like mm-hmm. this, this team is, this team is really in need of some answers at this point. We, we, at first, at first part, we were just kind of chalking up to all the injuries they've faced, but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they, maybe they've just got a big hole in this defense that they need to figure out. I don't think this defense is as strong as it's been in years past. And I'm talking the years 
after Ray and Ed and all those guys. Like, they still were a quality defense. There seems to be something missing there. The offense is no better than it was two years ago. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. So this whole we're going to throw the ball all over the place, I'm throwing for 5,000 yards, here we are. It's not there. So what is this team? Like, there's the offense is slow as all, putrid. There's nothing there. The defense, it's just – they're just forgetting things. You let a guy streak down the field, and you know, basically, you guys lose the game. Break down defense. I just don't know what this Ravens team is. They need to clean it up. Yeah, they got to figure it out. Uh, the run game is meh, but you need a run game without your quarterback. You you do. If Lamar gets hurt again, this season's done. The season's done. So you need to figure it out. And I know we basically jinxed them. And ah. the running backs are, you know, if they ever meet us, they're coming for us. It's not going to be a pretty situation. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the run game needs to, needs to step up. And Lamar's got to be able to throw the ball. And he hasn't been able to do that. So they're in a bad situation. What what What's Pittsburgh's chances to continue Mike Tomlin's record? Because, uh, I mean – this team is, I mean, we make jokes about Kenny Pickett, but he's pulled out enough to get them above 500 through five games. And TJ Watt is maybe the defensive player of the year right now. Yeah. But if Baltimore is actually playing smart defense, they lose this game. Steelers lose. Let's be honest here. Where's Najee Harris? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the question in Pittsburgh. Where's Najee Harris? He's been missing this entire season so far. The Bare, run game barely is, noticeable. <laughs> run game is non-existent. Don't know what's going on. Warren has filled in admirably, but like, where is this guy? Najee <laughs> Harris is supposed to be the guy. He's not there. They can't run the ball, or they they run it barely adequately. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna put it all on picket, and that's great, but. I don't care what team you are in the league. If all you're doing is throwing, you're, you're not going to win. You may pull out some stuff, uh, but at the end of the day, you, you're not going to win. You're not going to be successful. So they need to, A, figure out where Najee Harris is. And if he's not going to be the guy, if he can't do it, something's wrong, then Warren's got to step up and be the guy. Or find someone who's going to be the guy. Yeah. And at that point, uh, get Pickett, Pickett healthy. The pass game is good. It's not bad, but when you're throwing it all the time, you're going to suffer. So you need the run game. Warren, it works. Warren's played like he could be the man, but they actually need to commit to him. Yeah, it's either one or the other. You, if, if Najee's not doing the job, then you need to say, you know what? I think you're going to need to back up for a bit so we can figure what's up, figure what's wrong with you because – they can't go. They can't have a, another just barely 500 season. It just it won't work because after, if they do that this year, after all the preseason hype and everyone was like, "Oh, the Steelers, this could be it," you know, pick it, yada yada yada. People are gonna start to talk, and you know that talk is gonna be. Do they need a new voice in that locker room? Has Tomlin maybe lost his bite? So, that's, yeah. that's Pittsburgh for me. 
Uh, talking about losing your bite, the Chiefs got a bit of a scare. Uh, they hit Travis Kelsey had a kind of a freak non-contact injury. He did wind mm-hmm. up coming back. He did wind up scoring. But how, how did this kind of shake out with this victory of the Vikings? I mean, I think everyone expected the the Chiefs to beat the Vikings. Uh, but especially if they could shake off a, a, a rough, ugly game like they did last week against the Jets and still pull that one out. Uh, no one really expected them to fall the Vikings. But Kelsey has this this weird injury. Goes to the locker room, comes back. Mm-hmm. Was a little rusty back on the field. Eventually scores a touchdown. I'm like, okay, okay, Kelsey's fine. Kelsey's fine. Milk it up, Paul Pierce. Um, <laughs> but the other the other side to this is okay. If mm-hmm. Kelsey's not on the field, or if Kelsey's banged up, that means Patrick has to spread it around and start to trust other receivers. He targeted nine other guys in this game. So mm-hmm. how do you think the balance is? if Kelsey's not 100% or maybe even has to miss a game because they do have a short week coming up um how, how do you how how do you have a different forecast now after seeing Patrick work with the other receivers um the chiefs are in trouble <laughs> i'm, I'm going to be honest and you know some you know people are going to probably tell me i'm insane and you know they have Patrick Mahomes so everything's okay there are a couple throws that should have been picks if, you know, the Viking, you know, you know, secondary decides to actually time their jumps and not uh, just flail their arms up woo-hoo. and make the Chiefs receivers look incredible because that's what it really was. Let's be honest here. I give the Vikings defensive line credit. They were they bothered Patrick all game. They got to him. They hit him. Uh, yeah, that offense did, didn't look good to me. Uh, they had a couple, you know, pass interference calls. They ran the ball okay. But I think just the Vikings are that bad mm-hmm. offensively. Like, they just didn't have it. Now, the Chiefs defense is solid. I give I give them that. But once Jay Jettis got hurt, that it, it was a wrap. Like, it, that offense was off, off rhythm. They couldn't do anything. Um, Hawk was like non-existent yeah so the chiefs to me are 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 in trouble because we've talked about this we said especially if travis was to get hurt that this offense doesn't have the same the same flair it doesn't have it doesn't run as smooth and i understand you know travis tried to come back his ankle was bandaged he ended up with a touchdown like that's great and all but I watched the game and I saw him he just like collapse. At first, I'm like, oh man, it's an ACL. He, he just popped it. Something's wrong. He lit, it was non contact, just fell. So I'm sure they're looking at it and, you know, it's going to be the most watched ankle in Kansas City. But um, they need to figure out this offense because it's, it's not a pretty offense and it's not the Chiefs' offense that people have grown to love. And I think you kind of saw you saw no you saw Patrick struggle, and if it's a smart defense, you're not going to get away with this with, with you know the the throws and you know the luck and this and that. It's not going to happen. So the Chiefs need to a rest Travis, make sure his ankle's okay. If that means he's got to sit a game, then he sits a game. But then you truly find out what your offense is about, what the pieces are. If they work, if they don't work, the gadget plays after a while. People are going to figure them out, and they pretty much have. Mm-hmm. 
because right now the Vikings have kind of laid the blueprint to how to play them because they played them tough, and a couple other teams have as well. Let's be honest. The Chiefs haven't been great this year. Yeah. So they need to figure out what their what this receiving court can do, what it can't do. You need to get the run game a little more consistent and go from there. They take a silver lining. At least Kadarius Tony did drop the pass Sunday. <laughs> no words. <laughs> no words. Well, I I I'm speechless over another <laughs> over another game because I was because I was thinking, okay, if there's gonna be a Colts first place tie going into week six. It'll probably be with the Texans because they're the ones that have looked the most respectable, I think, uh, mm-hmm. or at least most consistent of the rest of our division rivals. And you know what? They had a little bit of a fight with the Falcons, but they got the lead late. They were looking okay. They were looking like they hold it. Sure enough, I don't know. I don't know what possessed Desmond Ritter's body, but they let it. He let it drive to 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 kick a game-winning field goal and escape with this victory. So. What do you kind of, so is this like all Texans collapse because they fought back in this game, got the lead and then, and then just crapped their pants or is this more Falcons comeback and maybe we need to give a little bit of more respect to Desmond Ritter than we have been in the past. I think we all kind of have to take a step back on the Texans. Like great story so far. Mm-hmm. I've, I have sung the, you know, the virtues of C.J. Stroud all season. But sooner or later, they were going to have that game. They were going to have the game where it just didn't work. You know, he hadn't thrown a pick all season. You know, everyone's like, oh, man, the Texans, you know, know, they've got the formula. This is their, you know, they could be that team. Way too early yet, they're still developing. Don't forget, this team was a hot mess last year. And so it was all basically stripped down. D'Amico Ryans comes in, brings the, the Niners culture in. It doesn't change overnight. Now, sometimes you have those, you know, those streaks where, you know, it looks like everything's on fire, everything's great. This is how it's going to go. Everything's smooth. You have the hiccups, and this was their game. These Don't forget, CJ's a rookie. This was going to happen. Uh, the Falcons, they've got pieces. It's not like they're this horrible team. It's just that – he actually found Kyle Pitts today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you heard the name Kyle Pitts, and it wasn't like in pre-game or post-game. He actually in-game Kyle Pitts. <laughs> so, you know, I'm happy for, you know, Desmond. He, like, did his thing. He did what he's supposed to do. You know, they gave him the keys to the car, and he drove it okay. He took it to where it had to go and come back and brought it back home without a scratch, I guess. <laughs> But, no, I think this is more of a veteran team that was able to beat a very young team. I'm still not sold on the Falcons. You know, Desmond Ritter is still a question, still a serious question in there. I think Houston will, you know, bounce back next week. You know, these are learning lessons for the young for the youngins there. So nothing to hang their heads down about. They played hard. They got beat. It happens in the league. But, yeah, I just think the Falcons were finally able to figure something out and pull out a win. It has to happen at some point in the season. Yeah. No, nobody goes Nobody goes winless. There's only one team that's ever done it, and there's only one team left this year that's still winless. So. <laughs> exactly. 
But, you know, another four or five weeks, if that Schneid's still there, then we're going to be like, hmm. Are you going to join Danny O soon enough? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of teams that are hanging their heads low this week, we had a a number of games that we touched on a couple of them in the pregame show, and these games, uh, they were kind of – we expected them to go a certain way. We, you know, we kind of expected them to be a little bit of embarrassment for one side. So mm-hmm. we've been harsh on teams, the teams that are supposed to win these games. Like we're not giving, we're not, we're not giving you a pat on the back. You're supposed, you're supposed to beat the Bears. You're supposed to beat the, the uh, Panthers. You're supposed to right. beat the Giants. That sort of thing. So we'll, we'll take this from the other side and go through the four the four teams that are a little bit down on their luck this season and where do they go from here so you have the patriots got <laughs> yeah 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 sorry sorry <laughs> got absolutely got the doors absolutely blown off and then sunday Matt, mac jones got benched uh saints saints completely shut him out 34 zip you have the panthers who got off to a very slow start against the lions they kind of Started to find the ends at a couple times at the end, but the game was long over by that point. So they lose 42-24. You have the Giants, who the they they couldn't stop uh Devin and Chan. They couldn't mm-hmm. stop Tyreek Hill. Well, they did keep Tyreek Hill out of the end zone, but not much else. <laughs> not much else on the field they didn't stop him from doing. And the Rams actually did give Philly a little bit of a fight today, but they still fall by nine points uh to, to Philly. So mm-hmm. Uh, these four teams, Patriots, Panthers, Giants, Rams, where do they go from here? Like this, now you're five weeks in. You're, you know, you always say after four, after four games, you start to ass- assess and recognize who you really are. So now mm-hmm. after five games, these teams should all kind of have a good idea that they're just not very good. So where do they go from here? <laughs> all right. All right. The Rams, like, the Rams aren't horrible. The Rams have, have shown me a lot this year. I was like this year in the preseason, I was like, oh, the Rams are going to be a hot mess. I, <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen, you know. But with these young guys, you know, that they've got, you know, Williams at running back and the wide receiver phenom. Puka. Puka Nakua. Puka. Yeah, Puka. You know, I'm impressed, you know. They got cut back. I think I think they might be they might be a team. I'm not gonna say it's gonna make the playoffs, but they they could be they could play spoiler. Yeah. You know, I think they believe in themselves. I don't know if anyone else really does. Yeah. But they're not horrible. They no. stuck close with Philly. You know, hey, you you, you got like basically a one armed, one legged Matthew Stafford. You know, he's been beat up really bad this year, but he's He's gunning it. So I, if I'm a Rams fan, I'm not worried about him. I'm like, I know what I have. If we can make some noise, you're building for the future. Their their weakest, their weakest link is uh their offensive line. If, the, yeah. if that offensive line was anywhere close to assembling a, a, a respectable unit, like they would they would actually probably be legitimately in wild card potential. Yeah, exactly. They're not as bad as we thought they were. They've got the P. They've got some pieces, so I think the future's bright for them. The Panthers, I think everybody kind of put them on a pedestal before before they should have. They were like, "Oh, we've got they've got all these veteran pieces. Bryce Young is incredible. You know, 
I, I honestly think they just thought they were going to walk in and win 10 games this year, no problem. And that's not the case. That offensive line is horrible. Um, they've had injuries on the defensive end of the ball, defensive side. Uh, the offense is still trying to find its way. So I think right now everyone kind of needs to pump the brakes. It's going to be growing pains yeah. in Carolina, and that's just what it is. You know, with with the extra rub that they don't have their first round draft pick <laughs> this year. Next yes, year. you gave away the moon and the stars, so now you got to hope this guy is your star. Yeah. So, I think it's going to be a while, and I think they're going to have to look for probably a couple more pieces on both sides of the ball as well. So, it'll be a while for them. Oh, the Giants, good Lord. The Giants are just the Giants. <laughs> There's just nothing. There's nothing there. Um, Danny Dimes nearly lost lost it all again today. You know, he got whacked around. He got sacked six times. And then they finally pulled him because he took a shot to the neck. I believe, you know, it's a neck injury that they're looking at. And Tyrod Taylor finished up. Did you, did you ever – did you happen to catch the deer in the headlights look that he had from a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I was like, oh man, just 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 drop the ball and walk, man. Just walk. Just walk. Um, yeah, that team that team isn't good. They're really not. Even with Saquon, I don't think that team really is good. I think last year they got lucky. Yeah. Really do. Uh Waller hasn't really been that guy. Now I don't know if it's just because Danny Dimes isn't throwing it. Well, he can't throw it because he's running for his life. Let's be realistic here. He has no time. The receivers are sub at best, subpar. Uh, and, yeah, that defense is – like the, I give credit to that defense. They played hard today, and they kept it close. I give them credit. But there was only so much they were going to be able to do before Miami broke it open. And then they did, and we saw the result. Yeah. So the Giants are just bad. That offensive line needs to be fixed, not bandaged. Um, you got to hope Saquon comes back. The ankle's good. And you have to protect Danny Dimes because you, you're the one who outbid yourself for him. Yeah. He's got to be the guy for a while. So you got to keep him up standing upright. What do you think is the biggest gaping hole from last year? Because it's a pretty comparable team to that from, from last year's squad that won, what, 10, 11 games, whatever it was. I feel like the offensive line got worse. Somehow. Somehow it got worse. <laughs> And it's just like, you know, you had you had a pretty much a full year of Saquon last year, and he performed. You know, now he's you know hopefully he'll be back next week, and he's got to stay healthy. It's gonna help you know keep kind of balance it out, and hopefully you know help Danny stay up and actually complete some passes. But yeah, that offensive line has gotten worse. That to me with the Giants. Yeah. And uh, of course, I, I I I imagine you probably saved the last one for 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 particular reasons, did you not? <laughs> wow! 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 Mm. <sighs> like, what am I supposed to say? You tell me. What What am I supposed to say here? Donut. <laughs> Donut. <laughs> like, there's just, there's nothing to it. You haven't won a game. It's just, I, I don't know. Um, 
Well, they did beat the Jets. <laughs> New England did beat the Jets <laughs> by the skin of their teeth. That'll be it, but they did. <laughs> All right. And you got you got shellacked. You got shellacked by the Saints. Uh, mind you, the, the Saints won, okay, but the Saints Saints weren't that great either in the game. Like they were all right. Like Carr really didn't put up mind-boggling numbers. Wasn't like he threw for like four tutties and like three eighty or something. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a long way to go before he's Brock Purdy. <laughs> Why do you gotta disrespect Brock Purdy like that? I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Here's the deal in New England. Um, something has to change. You can't keep just. Pulling out Mac halfway through the game, putting in, you know, Zappy, and then, you know, thinking next week it's going to be all right. At that point, the way things have gone now, I am pretty confident Mac Jones feels that no one thinks he's the guy in New England. No <laughs> one believes in him. He's like, they just put me in. I suck. And then, boom, you're going to pull me anyways. I don't think he's got the confidence. I think he needs to change his scenery. Um, also, think at some point, Robert Kraft needs to look at this team and say, you know what? It's time to move on. It's time to just start from scratch. I really do. I think you're trying to keep keep the, the good old days around with, you know, duct tape and bubble gum, and it's not it. You, you this isn't this isn't the Patriots of the last 20 years. It's not. It's time to look at it and say, you know what? We need we need a change. And unless Belichick is willing to say, you know what, let me bring in some younger offensive coordinators, some of the new, what the new NFL is, and groom them to take over this team because I don't have it anymore. You're just going to end up, you're going to end up worse than the Jets <laughs> this year. Now, mind you, in much respect to the Jets, they play hard. I can't, I can't knock them. But that's what it is. Like New England is just horrible. They're horrible. And you know, you got Judon hurt. You, you, you're not. You have a hodgepodge of talent that just doesn't fit the schemes. It seems that you're trying to put in. It's a bad situation. It's time to decide that Mac Jones is not your guy. Figure out what you're going to do and move on. And then, like I said, Robert Kraft needs to decide if going forward, next three or four years, you're still going to go with Bill Belichick. How, how, how much do you think Kyle Shanahan takes a sigh of relief that he doesn't have Mac Jones? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. If Mac Jones had gone to the Niners, I think Mac Jones would be better because I think Mac Jones would have came, would have went into a more stable situation. To Mac Jones's defense, you know, when you have Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator, who's not even an offensive guy. <laughs> exactly. The guy who no one in Detroit would ever help if he had a flat tire on a on a dark, deserted road. You know, let's be realistic here. You know, so there, New England has not been the the most stable environment for a new kid to come in, especially when you're replacing the greatest of all time. Like, let's be real. You were the he he walked in and he was the guy. And I don't care who you are, the it's not going to happen. So to sit there and to go through that and then not have a, a solid foundation around you, you're not going to succeed. So 
I think New England, if you want to finish it off with Mac Jones, go ahead, because even if you brought in somebody else, you don't have the talent there to really do anything. Finish it off, give them some good game tape, and trade them. Someone will pick them up who they think can fix them, and who knows? Maybe they do. Stops Mac Jones. Give him a good home this winter. <laughs> for twenty-five cents, and for twenty-five cents a day, you can help save a Mac Jones. Lies of an age. Yeah, there you go. It's what it feels like. Like I'm, I'm watching that poor dog commercial. I can't stand that commercial. That commercial is, I get so bad. It's so sad. I can't handle it. It's horrible. It's the worst commercial I ever did. <laughs> you know, really. How much money did they give her for that song? Did she donate it for free? I want to know. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, that's that's the way it is in New England now. Because and if you watch some of the other some of the older players who are now you know analysts and stuff, when they bring up New England, you can see the pain in their face. They're like, that's not what it was when I was there. Yeah, you can just tell they're like, yeah, this is what it is. But it's not my fault, you know. They're like, that wasn't like that when I was there. I didn't leave it that bad. <laughs> so. New England, yeah. It just needs to tear down and rebuild. Let's uh let's wrap up the show with one of our favorite, favorite topics this year. <laughs> oh Lord. If, Lord. Now if, if if you if you didn't if if you didn't know better, if you didn't look twice, let's say you just hopped into the NFL today, uh mm-hmm. this week, week five, let's say you just hopped right in and you didn't know left from right with how the season's gone. You would think the Denver Broncos were actually a competitive football team. <laughs> you would have. But, you know, if, but you also would have had to have been a person who never touched the internet. <laughs> you would have to have been a person who literally came from another planet that had, was, had no internet, no nothing. And you came here, like you said, just flicked it on and said, what is, what is this thing called football? Wow. This, they seem pretty good. No, no. I'm sorry. Everyone knows that they're horrible. And the Jets were playing with some venom. Let's be real here. The Nathaniel Hackett situation was front and center. And they were like, you know what, Hall? Even run without Rodgers. Even without Rodgers. <laughs> Rodgers was sitting at home in California going, he felt like a proud papa. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I spread my venom to these youngins, and they handled my dirty work. They did it. And I think the telling tale of this whole thing was at the end when Russ was walking off the field to the sideline, and you saw Sean Payton try to talk to him, like asking him, like, what, what, what's going on? And he just, like, ignored him. He was like, whatever. I, like, I don't care. If Russ is there next year, it is going to be – it's going to be like the biggest Christmas miracle ever. Like this is just a horrible situation. And I give the Broncos some credit. They put up some fight. Like I still didn't believe they were going to beat the Jets. I just think they were just, the Jets were too strong on defense. And I think Zach was actually feeling good about himself, you know, after the the Chiefs game. I just felt this, they can't lose this game. Because I knew the Broncos couldn't get up for it. (laughs) The Broncos were going to find a way to screw the pooch here. And here you go, folks. Um, The only only other point I want to bring up on the Jets is the fact that, you know, we hinted this a little bit on the pregame show. And Mm -hmm. 
there's not a lot of confidence that confidence that the Jets can get get kind of near a position that they should have been in with Rodgers with dealing mm-hmm. with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. So because of that and because of this win over the Broncos and now they're what uh two and three pro two and three if I'm not mistaken. Two um, and three, one game from five hundred. There's hope. Right. Well that's what I'm saying, but like Zach Wilson is not going to take you to the promised land. So if they keep if he keeps playing well, if they win games, you're they're never going to get rid of Zach Wilson. So is a win really the best thing? Because it's well, I think the I don't think the plan. Well, if if Aaron was healthy, right? I think the, the plan was Aaron was going to be there for a couple of years. You know, Zach was going to learn. You know, learn learn what he needed to learn from him, and then they were just going to pass it over to him because they believed that maybe Zach would figure it out and say, "Hey, you know what? This is the way it's supposed to be done. Let me learn, and I'm good to go." At this point, you know they have. You know Rogers is going to play another year, so you're not going to have any. Your draft status isn't going to be great. So at this point, yeah, this is he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. So, do you think there's just no point in trading for Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston, uh, any of these veterans that are kind of sitting around there waiting, waiting to get dealt? If you want a chance at the playoffs, you're going after Cousins. You're not going after Jameis. Like you're not. Like, and I respect Jameis and all that. But no, I don't think Jameis is that guy that's going to carry you into the playoffs. If they felt that way, they would have tried to have done something sooner. At this point, you can maybe wait one or two more weeks, maybe, to pull the trigger. After that, you just got to ride with what you got. I, I, I think the Jets are steadfast in saying, you know what? Zach's our guy. He'll, we'll ride with him till. Probably next year because I don't think Rodgers is getting back in time to to do anything this season to save it. Yeah, I mean, and they get the saving grace is that after they get past, we talked about this in the preseason. Their schedule was extremely front loaded: the Chiefs, mm-hmm. the Eagles, um, the Cowboys. They get extremely front loaded, even the Bills. Uh, and once they got past that, it got the difficulty of their schedule fell off a cliff. So, really, if Zach Wilson could just kind of be a decent game manager. And the defense can play like they did against Denver, like they mm-hmm. did against Kansas City. They if they might they might have a shot. <laughs> you never say never. You know the NFL. Sometimes you can you catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, like the like the Giants did last year. To be realistic, you know the Giants played way above what they were. So it could happen. I wouldn't bet on it, but. <laughs> If they can play 500 ball, then I think that bodes well for them in the future, and I think bodes well for Zach. I think, you know, the interesting part is going to be if they get to 500 and play 500 ball the rest of the year and maybe just miss out on a wild card, right? Let's say that happens. Aaron comes back next year, and, you know, here we go again. Rah, rah, Aaron time is, you know, does Zach sit there and say, hey, you know what? I think I think I'm good enough to run this team. I went through the hardship last year. I really improved. So now you got to deal with that. Does he want to wait another year or two before officially taking over the job, or is he going to feel that you know what? I don't think they're going to give it to me. Yeah, 
So it's going to be interesting in um, Jets land. Real quick before we say goodnight, what are your thoughts on uh, this Monday this Monday game between the Packers and the Raiders? Because Vegas is looking like they're they're just got nothing to play for this year, and the Packers have been very very inconsistent. And on top of that, the the Lions are increasing the distance between them and the Packers, um, and especially after that 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 big win they had up at Lambeau. So, is what what is is there anything to even take out of this Monday nighter? I think both teams both teams feel that they they still can compete for a playoff spot. You know, they're not out of it yet, but you know, both teams have some deficiencies. Uh Green Bay, like it's it's the first year, man. Like I said, and I'm gonna continue to say it's the first year and you know, Jordan Love. We're learning what he is and how he's gonna perform on the big stage. So He's going to have those games where he does some great things. He's going to have those games where you're like, really, man, this is what you have. This is what you have, Green Bay. This is what you drafted. So I think for them, if they literally play 500 ball, then it's a success for them. You know, the Raiders, there's so much going on over there. If I'm Josh McDaniels, I'm asking to leave. I'm like, uh, this isn't what I asked for. Uh-huh. Even though, even though he's quit on franchises before, <laughs> he quit. He quit on mine before he was even hired. <laughs> yeah, the, the, his name on the door wasn't even dry, probably at that yeah. point. So, you know, Jimmy G's, I think, back from the concussion, so he should be good. You know, you have the Chandler Jones situation, which, you know, they're still reeling from. So I just think there's a lot in this organization. I just think it's a bad, bad juju all around. Uh, You know, you just hope Green Bay kind of gets it together and you hope that the Raiders just find find themselves, figure out who they are because they're just a mess. So both teams are on different paths for different reasons. So just – Watch some football. That's what you're going to take out of it. Yeah. Well, fortunately, we know who we are, and we're not searching for ourselves. Check check, check out Sunday Schedule with Bucks McGee, our pregame <laughs> show every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern, plus going live after the games conclude for our recap and our Monday morning Monday morning quarterback podcast uh, re- reformatting the, all the reactions from Sunday. Bucks McGee, week five. Take us off there. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for this, for week five. Some entertaining storylines, some stuff that's continuing to grow, stuff to watch. If your team won, congratulations. If they didn't, it's always next week. For those teams, hey, for those teams on buys, great job. It's considered a winning record. You enjoy those buys. Um, we'll see you, you know, for, you know, preparing you guys for the next week. Thank you very much for having us here. Nutmeg, it's been an honor as always, my friend.